Hello again, my friends, and you are my friends, and welcome to today's episode titled King Lambo after the one and the only. No matter, stick get for that poster. One day, there'll be a donation made big enough to burn it. Until then, he lives on. But welcome in. It's a big episode today because there's been lots going on in the world of Ipswich Town. There has been takeover rumours. There's been three points again against the top six side. It's gone crazy. You wait all that time for one, and then two come along at once. And of course, we are... Looking into next week, we've got some big things coming up next week, all full of exciting stuff. And I can see the live chat is already kicking off. And Mike Brown's just WhatsApped me, um, Crunch, to make you aware. So he may make the entrance at some point through the show. Andrew, welcome in. Hi, all great results today. Brilliant to weekend win. Lots to talk about. Daryl Jones, who Daryl sold us this dream on Friday night of the American takeovers and the Americana coming to town and all of that. And uh, I'm looking forward to hearing one of our guests' thoughts on that today. Because I was like, it was almost like the monorail scene at The Simpsons. I was really bored and taken with it. And I want to run with that this afternoon. Um, Victoria, welcome in. George, welcome in. Callie, welcome in. Welcome to you all. And thank you to you all, before I bring in Matt and Rich, to all that has watched this this week. Over 10,000 people have watched our content this week. And I truly am blown away by that number. I honestly, honestly can't thank you enough. So first of all, let's bring in our resident media mogul. He is the one who told you about Luke Lee Cook back in the summer. He knows it all, this man. Mr. Mogul, welcome in. How you doing? How are you doing? You keep calling him Lee Cook. You've done this since the summer. He used to play for QPR. It's Paul Cook. 
Me and names don't go, all right? This is why I set nicknames. This is why I set nicknames, because me and names yeah. just don't mix. I mean, we really don't. Yeah. I mean, my son's my son's called after. We've been calling him something else after a year. I mean, you know, it just, it just not, does not work. But um, I knew I'd mess up today. You see, we've got royalty in the building this afternoon, and I'm just mm, nervous. Yeah. I'm blushing yeah. now, you see. It's going mad. It's yeah. a bright red beacon. How are you? Good, thanks. I'm good. It's uh, it's a lovely spring-like weather again here in Essex. And, like, you know, I feel like the love of Ipswich has come back with all the news, you know. You know when you go on holiday and it's a bit gloomy and you take off and you get through the grey clouds and suddenly you hit that plane, don't you, where it's all blue and you can see the sunshine. I feel like we're, we're on the cusp of that right now. I feel like we've been through two decades of nothing and now something exciting is going to happen. That's, that's how I feel at the moment. So I was invested in the game yesterday like I was, you know, way back when. <laughs> yeah, because you've not been invested for a while, have you? No, no. I yeah, mean, it's just been a... <laughs> I, we've effectively been watching the game so we can produce the content for all the guys who come to, you know, who give us the honour of coming to watch the content. So that's what we've been doing. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. If I could whistle this morning, I think I, think I may have done. Because it's it felt... Yeah. You're right. It felt that way. It felt like a different... It's almost the momentum wave has come and it's it's taken it to town. We're, we're suddenly flying. A couple of points outside the playoffs... Yep. You know, new owners, maybe the Evans gloom is being lifted. I don't know. Before we get into it, let's bring in the hard truth. Let's get some tr- Crunch. Apparently, Paul Cook's been linked with Wednesday, but that's good. We're off the Lee Cook, so it's all good. Cookie. <laughs> Just call him Cookie. He takes charge. I'm in big trouble. I'm going to call him forever and ever. I tell How you, what, you boys, someone, someone, very quickly, someone I know works in national media floated the idea today that it might suit Lambert to go quickly to take the Sheffield Wednesday job. What? What? Thanks. Yeah. No Football is a merry-go-round, boys. Football is a merry-go-round. I, 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 you, you've popped the balloon there. We were riding a good intro, and then you just popped it with that <laughs> silly suggestion. Wednesday well, after the Paul Lambert. Get out the door quick. Get on with the new era. Suits me. To be fair, he has played for big clubs, Crunch. He has been around, played, a big, played for big clubs. What, Matt Phillips? <laughs> no, Lee Cook. He's <laughs> <It's> Paul Lambert. <laughs> <laughs> so, Crunch... Wave of optimism hitting the shores of uh, Portman Road. Are you are you whistling this morning? Are you feeling? I've just been doing me sums for the um, seven games in March. I'll let you know later how many points I'm going for. Oh yes. Oh, that's right. We can also ask one of our guests. So get in the green room there. Get uh, get thinking about how many points we might get in March. What, five out of seven away though, Martin. Five out of seven on the road. So I do love a good away day. You know, it's a shame we can't go to these these grounds. I do love a good pint and a, and a pie. I like Before how Rich is already using terms like on the road, NFL, MLB, NHL. Well, it's <laughs> everywhere, isn't it? It's, it's, it was everywhere on social media, wasn't it, Matt, on Friday <laughs> and yesterday when we scored and in yeah. the second quarter and all this. It's uh, nice Tom... to see everyone feeling it like we said earlier, seeing, seeing people back interested again because it's just been, you know, as we, as we know too well, it hasn't been like that for a long time, has it? Did you say like Lambert couldn't get his job at Sheffield Tuesday? I, yeah, no, I was back celebrating the goals like I would normally. Yeah, it was great. When Judgey bent, bent that one in the top bins. I scared the neighbours. <laughs> Suddenly was shouting. That was, that was a great PAT, as they would say. 
you know that was a, <laughs> a big American football fan myself so I, I know the terminology and uh some of the stuff on Twitter yesterday was it was quite clear some fans have never seen a game of American football let alone what half of it means the club, when they put on the official site, it was like Ipswich v Doncaster and it looked like the um, US flag, didn't it? I like the feature they're doing. It started yesterday. They're doing the pre-match thing and um, Dan Palfrey was... Um, no, it was Jacob, actually. He's got some mad hair, Jacob Henderson. He was interviewing um, Luke Hyam and they're going to do hey. it every pre-match. Big shout out to Luke Hyam today. I know I mentioned him yesterday on yesterday's uh, match day ticket, mm. but again... Um, have you have you got a moment or a memory of Luke Heim, guys? I, I gave mine yesterday, the one at Watford where he crashed the bar, and I've got a I memory. I was in. Yeah, go on. Not what was it? One. Against Doncaster, I think it was Doncaster at home when we needed to win under Mick, and we had uh, we set up with Luke Heim, Cole Scoose, and Jonathan Douglas. Jonathan Douglas, a midfield trio that was. And pace, was pace was agility, aggression. That had it all, he Matt. Was, he was a good player. I, I like Luke Heim, and it's right what he said. He's played for his hometown club. He's played. He played nearly 150 games. Yeah, so yeah. You, you can't fact. knock him. You can't knock him for that. I always remember my memory of him. Martin was away at Norwich when he wasn't playing, but he was at the game and he was in the concourse before the game, and it was absolute carnage. As <laughs> a fan, I remember, that goal, I remember that goal he got at Wigan on TV. Good that finish. Was a decent, a decent little finish. Obviously, the Allen Judge incident sort of maybe clouds his rep a little bit, but. Um, yeah, I mean, look, the chart that used to come from the fans, Luke Iam, he's one of our own. So, I mean, what more could you ask for from like a homegrown player? Fantastic to Portman Road singing your name, isn't it? I said last summer, I said last summer, and I was really, I was really sort of slated for it. I said he's, he's better than John Nolan, twice the player of John Nolan. John Nolan wakes up wishing he was as good as Luke Iam, and I still stand by that. I really do. You Luke Iam was a tidy he's player. 50 games, Martin, in the championship. That was where he's. he's... Yeah, he didn't, look, exactly. he didn't yeah. do a lot of South End. I know he's obviously got the back injury, but mm. you can't knock him. Look, he would walk into our midfield at the minute if he was fit. Right, Daryl Jones. For our Europa League campaign, I'll bring in Thirsty Tuesdays, $1 beer and all the new fan zones. I like the idea of this. Right, let's bring our guests in, shall we? Before you do, before you do that, Martin, you, you said American hot dogs weren't very nice yesterday. Where you, it depends where you go, and it depends what... Have you not had one of a vendor in, on the corner of New York? Unbelievable. It depends what meat you have in the middle of the buns, all right? It really does. <laughs> it, you can't just have any old thing in the middle. This is, nice. the, this is the issue. When you go to Aldi or Lidl's in this country now, you get, you, you get these... Lidl's? What? You ain't seen my bills, mate. You ain't seen my bills. This thing don't pay for itself, York, you know. I went to New York two years ago. I remember for breakfast, um, Matt, out there, I had steak and eggs. Ooh. Oh, spot on. Mm. Don't. They don't have to do food, don't they? Me and Kate were talking American food before the show, and we were. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, because I love American grub, but just, it depends what, what, where, where, and where, what you go to. Ali was messaging Kate about samosas earlier. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, so, yeah. yeah. Apparently, Callie had some stuffed uh, paratha yesterday. I mean, I didn't get any, and I hope some winging its way to the Stone Market, Callie, because I love a, a bit of stuffed pride. Right, let's let's cut jibber jabber. We've got a fantastic guest lined up. She's a pro. We're not, so let's let's live live and live and go. Um, Matt, you ha- you sent me a video that I think you want me to play before I bring this guest in, right? It's about. Oh, I don't actually uh, know what it's about. I, I can't make it out of why you sent it to me, but you have. This, this video, so this is Fortuitous Partners, which is owned and founded by Brett M. Johnson, who's now the 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 supposed new owner, maybe. I how it's going to work, I don't know. And this is their plan for Rhode Island um, Soccer Club, as they would call it, 
and this is what they're putting together as a startup club. Is this on okay. YouTube, Matt? Yes. yes. Yeah, I see something earlier. Can we hear it? No. no. It's got Kelly okay. G soundtrack. It has. <laughs> when I watched it the first time, I'll be honest, I did think I would love, and I, I've always said this, I've said this for a long time, an out-of-town stadium and this sort of atmosphere and... Yeah. This is very baseball, this bit here, where you've actually got a huge concourse that you can watch the game from. But this is what they've got planned. So this is the kind of investment they've put into these kind of startup clubs. One dollar beers. And as Steve Perry said on Twitter to me yesterday, this is all very well and good. Um, but of course, you know, it's a startup. With Ipswich Town comes a massive weight of expectation, of course, the history of it. Um, you know, there's no legacy behind any of this other than they're trying to create something and probably get them into the MLS at some point. But, you know, this is kind of the vision they've, they've got. Nice setting, obviously. Well, um, we can't even play with card at the ground, Matt, at the minute. <laughs> that's always grunts me. I hate that. Yeah. Well, I'm sure you will be able to. Hang on. This guy's obviously a town fan already. Look, he's already a bit disappointed. He's always discussed what's going on on the pitch. I've got a pole there, up. Matt. Yeah, it's good. I'll be there. That'd be me. I can't swim. <laughs> no, I can't swim. No, I can't swim. Oh, I'll teach you. Don't worry. Can't swim. Can't Get your armbands out. But yeah, this so, is a little bit. And here we go. So, Rhode Island. Um, there's, actually, there's actually quite a lot of competition for clubs, soccer clubs, they call it, in that area. They feel like they could put together a facility that will get people coming to watch them once they're, in, once they're formed properly. So, there you go. That's that's one of Brett Johnson's uh, projects. Okay. Are we ready to bring our guest in who yeah. has lived in yeah. America and knows a bit about um, what's going on, etc.? Are we ready? Should we bring... Four to, ten. Four to ten in Singapore. I oh, know I've held her on too long. I do apologise. Kate, welcome in. How are you doing? I'm very well. What a lovely introduction. Thank you so much. Firstly, massive honour to be on the podcast right now. And how wonderful was it to see so many recognisable names scrolling along the bottom there? And it just, I don't know, really um, just makes me a bit homesick. A bit in a good way. But uh, it's, it's great to see so many comments, funny comments. I don't know, all this conversation linking me to food. What's that going to say about me? <laughs> so wh wh where do you rate the American hot dogs as I was slaughtered for it? <laughs> that, is not, that is not my jam. <laughs> no. <laughs> Sorry. Go, Next. <laughs> Next question. There you go. You see, Matt? See? It's not just me. It's not just me. But welcome, you. I'm glad you could join us today. I'm not, I know you're on a, um, a different time zone to us, and it's a bit later in the day, and... Uh, I do really appreciate it. But first of all, it's about Ipswich because you're a big town fan. Um, how often do you get to, to keep track of what's going on at Portman Road? Yeah, so right. So we've recently moved to Singapore. We moved here in November. Then we had like our two-week quarantine and now we're like out in the wild, <laughs> as it were. Um, Let loose. Yeah, so and I'll get to why that's important in a minute because we moved from Philadelphia which is on eastern time and I know you've got like a couple of viewers who are also on that time zone and honestly of all the time zones in the world eastern time is the best time zone to be on to watch English Premier League follow League One the championship like it's amazing and in the States you just get access to everything so that's great and so we moved here thinking yeah 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 I'll be fine I still like follow it so it's just going to be dead easy it's just going to be like in the States uh wrong so the games are played at like three in the morning here 
And it's a really weird feeling because like I get up in the morning and we're like eight hours ahead of you. But I feel as though I'm behind on the news or like I'm behind on sports news. Even Yeah, so it, it's it's all a bit strange and I'm still trying to like find my cadence, find my gear. But um, yeah, I don't know what I do kind of like without you guys or Twitter. Those are the days. So, um, yeah, I'm seriously contributing to your um, clicks right now. <laughs> So as as a journalist yourself, when you, and you mentioned those are the days when the Phil Ham stuff came out and the ban and, and the subsequent fallout, what, what, what were your first thoughts on that? So I tweeted like publicly and I guess it was like the first time I'd spoken about it. So I know firsthand what it's like to be banned. Um, Chris Hewitt, was it Chris Hewitt who banned you, Kate, from Norwich? Yeah. Why did he ban you? Well, I didn't know that. Um, did you know that? No. Okay, so it's a story about Wes Houlihan wanting to leave. Like, it's so long ago, and it's, like, in all honesty, like, it's still quite, like, a painful experience for me. Like, professionally, I felt like I damaged everything. Obviously, like, I didn't. Like, you know, obviously went off to the States and, like, had a great career there and everything. Um, But at the time, it was just, like, really scary of, like, what to do. So, anyway, we were at the training ground, Where's he gonna hand walks past and I'm like, oh, he's like just jokingly, like, oh, is this like the last time I'm gonna see you? And he was like, rah, 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 sort of like swearing about like how much he hoped that it was like the last time he was gonna be there. Not and then I tweeted that out. And like, this isn't like today's Twitter rules. This is like years ago, like yeah. when you know Twitter was first coming out and um Later that night, I got a call to say I was banned from Carrow Road. So that's a shame, isn't it? You know, one of England's dumps. Don't worry about that, love. Don't you? You ain't gonna worry about being banned from Carrow Road. Don't worry. And I must have been so upset because then I left the country. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, look, you're on this podcast today. Chris Hutton is not, and Chris Hutton hasn't been. We've invited you. You see, so I, I would say you've won out of you know out of the career stakes so far, Kate. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> oh thanks thanks ever so much so these guys that are buying Ipswich they're, they're quite big am I right thinking it in the States sorry say it again the guys that are buying Ipswich or one of which we know of Brett they're, they're quite big in the States they've really sort of taken charge of a club and made it a new a new thing right yeah it's really it's like really really impressive like I've had a look at like Brent's um uh um Brett's LinkedIn profile and uh, like that's great that it's like open and especially like you know if he's going to invest potentially like in our club like that's just great for the fans to see like the background and sort of caliber of who's going to be um involved in the club so um seriously impressive uh businessman and investor like just a wealth of experience when it comes to just various different investments um i think the key for me is not only is he like um very successful in terms of his like private equity group um and sort of buying businesses and developing businesses uh but he has also been massively successful in the sports business side of it as well so um obviously like running a a club um is just like a very niche thing so in 2016 they were awarded 
um, the United Soccer League um, club in Phoenix. It's called Phoenix Rising. In 2017. Yeah, didn't he, Kate? Yeah. Yeah, it was really impressive because, like, then, like, in 2017, they ended up... So, that's, like, the division, like, the championship underneath the Premier League. And so, they got an Eastern Conference and a Western Conference, and they ended up getting to the quarterfinals um, in their first year of the Western Conference. Now, this year, do you know, they actually played 16. They won 11. Do you know, they made it all the way to the final of the USL... um, uh, championship game. They were supposed to play Tampa, but the game got cancelled because um, several of the Tampa players and staff members tested positive for COVID. So, like, my heart just sort of kind of like breaks for them. Like, you know, they came from nothing and they they got all the way there within like just a couple of years. Um, so it's really frustrating. But yeah, going back to Brett, like, just really impressive. You look at not only like is he experienced in like running like the sports side of things, like he's also involved in companies that are good for the community, that do good in the community, like his involvement in Paracycle, like that's all about sustainability, recycling, good for the community. I think a club like Ipswich, where like it is local people, it's not like people coming in from all over, it's like a club for the community, we're very much like, a f- I know most people would say, oh yeah, like we're a big family in our club, but I genuinely do think that about Ipswich. Like yeah. we are a family, just like our geography and everything and, you know, what's happened, like, I guess the mismanagement over the years, like, you know, we've all bonded over that. And I feel like he understands the community. Look, we just saw like the rendering of like this new project in Rhode Island, like all that around the stadium, that's to help the community. That's to bring jobs to the community. That's to help enjoy the match day experience. Um, And whilst like, okay, so match day experience in the US is like very different to like Saturday afternoon, three o'clock kickoff at Foreman Road. Like I lived in Atlanta and I like I've seen firsthand like how that, MLS franchise just blew up and how like it's amazing how like from literally nothing they could get like 80,000 fans in their stadium like more fans in their stadium for a MLS match than like Falcons on a yeah. Sunday which is just like absolutely crazy um and so yeah I just like it's really hard not to be excited when you look at Brett's resume and you look at like the other people he's surrounded himself then like you hear him in interviews you see those renderings and you're just like goodness me like you know we could be on to some really good stuff here if the deal goes through yeah and and something you mentioned there the community is something that we feel has been lacking um under the, the current owner and and it'd be really good if that could return and, and if somebody came in and as Daryl says here, he's on the board of FC Harlem helping inner city kids develop. So this guy, Matt, just seems to really get what it is to be the heart of a community. And that's the football club. And that's always been, it's just town FC. Yeah. We've, we've been saying this for months, haven't we? We've kind of, you might probably agree with this, Kate. It feels like under the Evans era, we've lost that kind of the Suffolk spirit, that kind of community. And we were saying before we came on air, I mean, we didn't even know what Evans looked like six, seven years which is just not the Ipswich way. It's not our history. You know, you go back to Sheepshanks, you go back to the Cobbolds. It's always been ingrained, isn't it? Like you say, you know, it's, it's a club for the community. So, you know, if, if you had to give any advice, I guess, Kate, is for when the, 
hopefully this new ownership comes in to be as transparent as possible and you know go the opposite end to what Evans has been like basically. I think that's what's been really disappointing like over the last 13 years like you know as a journalist like you study and research and all of that and I feel like when you're a sports journalist like you live breathe sport and honestly for like maybe the first 10 years of Evans's reign if I walk down the street this is like my club my club where I had a season ticket for several years I've put several you know hundreds maybe thousands of pounds into the club in the past I honestly I wouldn't know what he looked like like that's yeah. ridiculous I think I even tweeted like one a reply to one of your tweets like does anyone actually know him like is anyone like yeah. friends like you mentioned David Sheepshanks there and just like you know like some people might have grievances or whatever put that aside like the man had an aura like has an aura like yeah. everyone yeah. knew who he was at Portman Road um and like it sort of feeds into that community doesn't it and uh you know I, I felt like we had gl glimmers of that community come back when Lambert came in and I was like really pro his appointment because I'd covered Norwich before it got banned <laughs> um I covered Norwich um when they got promoted um with Lambert and um you know, I like the fact that he was like paying for fans' transport. He was buying fans, yeah. um, town fans' beers, but that's not coming from Evans, is it? So, you know, I'm not saying like Brett and his um, his, his consortium there are all going to like fund us at Pine and stuff, but I do feel that they get it more than say the current administration. Yeah. <laughs> Certainly yeah. evidence we've seen just in that video alone, I think, you know, what they want to create for the community in Rhode Island suggests that, doesn't it? Yeah. And, and obviously on, on the Phoenix Rising, did has Brett in, put in charge football people? Because that's something that's often been criticised about Marcus is that he's calling the shots, rightfully so at the moment, you know, he owns the club, but there's no football guy there outside the manager and there's no one making the football decisions when they should be. Is, is Brett the sort of owner to come in and, and follow Marcus's way of running or put somebody in charge that knows football, gets football, and, and really will, will will know what to do. Well, don't you think it speaks volumes that, of all people, he got Didier Drogba to, like, drop everything and, like, go help this random USL side? Not even the team in MLS. Like, just go help them out. And it's just like, oof, okay. Like, you've got some serious connections that's seriously impressive. Um I can't remember the equivalent of Didier Drogba helping out anyone at town. <laughs> no, 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 never, never. Uh, no, no. And I, I do like the Sheepshanks reference there from yourself. Sheepshanks was a lovely guy, Crunch. A really, whenever you, whenever you saw him, smiley, happy, um, friendly. That was the club. Yeah, you go to a game. I, look, you come, I remember you come into North Stand, you talk to fans. I've said on here before, I remember when I went to Helsingborgs when we got to the UEFA Cup and we were in Harry's bar and he got carried through the bar. And I know at the time, listen, we were on the crest of a wave, so everyone's, you're going to get that. But he got, like Matt says, he was that Suffolk spirit. He got what Ipswich Town was and we've lost that and we haven't had, we haven't had it for, what, since Evans has been there. And I've, I've, I've not got a problem with Marcus running the football club. If he put the right people around him, but we've oh, had Ian yeah. Milne, Simon Clegg, we've had um, Lee O'Neill. 
But it's like Matt said, the last real decent football person away from the owner was Derek Bowden. Yeah. Yeah. You've seen what he did with Essex. You know, he came out of football, went into cricket. Essex has been a sleeping giant in, in that sport for a long time. Suddenly they're getting promotions. They're winning titles, both in, you know, the four-day and the one-day stuff. So... It'd be nice to see him back in the fold somehow if that was available. I don't know. This is doing nothing for me and my excitement. I was already bouncing off the walls, and now I'm like, just get him in charge now. I want to. I want this. I want this experience. But there's been lots of talk, Kate, about the American experience of game day, and people have put into different their different suggestions of what they want and and whatnot. What do you think would translate well from the American game day experience okay. into the UK I, I game day experience? I, okay. Um, I'm going to start with what I don't like, and then we're going to end on a positive of what I think works, if that's okay. Sounds good to me. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. So I hate pumped-in crowd noise. Oh, oh that's, amen. That's like nails You're down right. the chalkboard. So <laughs> I've said it. Let's get out of the way. So one thing, so yeah, so we lived in Atlanta for like five years, and then we moved up to Philly and like both like Atlanta was as passionate about soccer as Philadelphia is about the Phillies and Eagles. So that was like a really nice thing to see because like I felt like everywhere I could go, like people would hear my accent and then we would just talk about football and that was like the international language and that was just really fun. So one thing that um, I got introduced to in Atlanta was tailgating and like on like summer like nice days I could see like tailgating at Pullman Road and I guess you have like a bit of that with like that practice pitch and the kids and like the mums and dads like hanging out like at the back so that's really nice mm. I like tailgating that's really fun um like at the stadium in Atlanta like you just have like really fast internet so like if you needed to check the other scores like you weren't getting irritated by that so that's not even get the tannoy working right at portman road cake (laughs) (laughs) important announcement um like things like encouraging people like encouraging families so like it was like to go see atlanta united it was like 33 dollars an adult and then when you got there you could have like a drink a meal and like maybe a program like all for a 10 like 10 dollars and it's just like these things have been priced right so that like a family of four a family of five like can actually have a day out and then like those kiddies are like the next generation going forward I thought that's really that's really clever I like that um so no for cheerleaders because that's not really for me either um but using my uh, phrase there Matt not yeah for not for me they have this like halo board and I can't really see it being replicated at Portman Road but it was quite cool or like I don't know kiss cam I once featured on that with my husband <laughs> <when> we <were laughs> the they did have a wrestling um Martin kiss cam didn't they fly around the stadium I went to I've been to two Wrestlemanias Kate in uh, New York oh. so I went I went to Madison Square Gardens I went to MetLife and it's um, before. I'm just telling Kate. That's a little fantastic. <laughs> That's fair. I know it's away from football, but I like the experience of yeah, oh, it's like basketball oh, out there. It's right. great put on a show. It's a show. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I know people like back home sort of would say, oh, that's cheesy. And yeah, it is. But it creates a great atmosphere. 
Um, it really worked in Atlanta. Um, I didn't think I would enjoy going and watching MLS um, football as much as I did, but I loved it. Um, and just, yeah, just be so nice to have like the fans re-energized and yeah. fans genuinely excited about like going, not just going to the games because lockdown's been lifted, but like just going because like they love the way the clubs run or like, you it's know. their club again. It's theirs. And yeah, I, I think, you know, at the moment, program pie and the game, but well, 100 quid. I mean, like, yeah, it's all priced, especially for a third tier football club. It, now well, it's all priced incorrectly. Here's one for you, Kate. Do you think we should get used to the idea of Portman Road be, having naming rights? Ooh. That's got to happen, surely. <laughs> That's the culture. <laughs> <laughs> I right so it kind of goes back to like my point about the community like oh like if it was I don't know the whatever brand Portman Road oh they'd probably be a bit mouth sick right <laughs> yeah I mean most, I'm most for states, states have that don't they I know I know I'm, I'm a Cubs fan in baseball I know Wrigley Field is still just Wrigley Field but of course that's already associated to the, the chewing gum people but uh, yeah, I, I feel like it's probably gonna. I feel like that probably happen. Maybe something we got to get used to. We had Andy Holt on from Accrington on Thursday, and even Accrington have got naming lines behind their ground. So it's the way yeah. forward. The, it might it, be, and, yeah. and I know the traditionalists will be like, "Ugh," and I'm I've got like a, a foot half in that camp. Like it's always yeah, me road. too. But mm. you still call it Portland Road, don't you? Um, you mentioned the customer experience is missing at Portman Road. We 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 know that, but obviously yesterday we played, and I, I want to get your thoughts on yesterday's game and um and what you felt of. Look, we've beaten Hull and we've beaten Doncaster. We're all this time for a top six win, and we we got two in in the same week. Um, has Lambert turned the corner? I've called in King Lambert at the start of the show because that's a running joke. But um, what, what, what's, what's your take on yesterday's game? Are you t- are you asking me? I am, yes. No, because the game was like at midnight my time. I saw we scored one goal. Then my baby woke up. I had to feed oh, him, gosh. him. And then I came. And then I think I woke up at two, saw that we won 2-1. And I was like, oh, good. And then slept in until like eight. <laughs> so I don't, I don't think you should really ask me about like the game. All I heard was um, I listened back to Radio Suffolk's phone-in show that tends to be like a guilty pleasure of mine. And, um, and, and yeah, but the fact that we're like two points off the playoffs is ridiculous. It's kind of like ridiculous that I'm happy about that, but it's like also a bit ridiculous that we're in that situation. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Someone said, uh, "I'm so pumped for this to happen," but then I'm, I'll be so devastated if it doesn't. Like we, 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 that's how I feel as well, Matt. I just like I want it to. How about Andy's record arena? Says Stephen. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, it, it, it's interesting what Kate says there actually, because if you go back to our, the two seasons we've had here in League One, right, we were top for ages whilst going into some kind of relegation form, and still probably didn't dip down until eleventh until right before the season was cancelled. We've gone through another lean spell here and we're still two points off the playoffs. It just goes to show that even though, you know, you think the dream is gone, you ain't going to get in that top six, you ain't going to get in that top two. And anything could happen in League One, I feel, because like you go through these absolute lean periods and you're still in touch with the squad we've got. Yeah. Poor How division, good would it man? be? Poor division. When, when you yeah. look at it, 
Peterborough just won five games and they've gone top of the league. And this is this is where I said the other night when we won, you need to back it up. And we did yesterday. But we need to do it again on Tuesday when we go to Accrington. To, to get anywhere, we need to win four or five games on the bounce. Yeah. It's no good going to Accrington, getting a draw, playing Gillingham mm-hmm. Saturday, losing, because we'll be back down in 10th or 11th spot. Yeah. And we'll all, be, we'll all be doom and gloom again. They're on 61 yeah. points now, Peterborough. They were, a month ago, they were just behind us, you know, when they came into the game and formed loads of beers. So, yeah, you're absolutely right. Got, you've got to put that run together. Absolutely. Green shoots arena, says Callie. Obviously, <laughs> after Marcus Evans' green shoots comment. Uh, Facebook user, <laughs> Suffolk Punch Stadium. The Hershey's Bar Bowl, says Mike D. Um, has, has Brett, what, what's uh, Brett Company's? What, what's, what's his actual business? What, what is he actually well, It's called Fortuitous. It's Fortuitous. Fortuitous Partners is, I think it's, is that right, Kate? That's that, the name of it, I think. One, one of them is Benevolent Capital. They're a private equity group. So it's, what is it? It's like Realty. Um, uh, Police and Fire, I think there was a pension pot there, wasn't there? Well, a main um, state, which you have to presume is going to, going to be <laughs> you know, Rhode Island area or Arizona, given that's where he seems to have his... Things in the pies there. It's Jenny's interesting that you're talking about Drogba there because the other guy that's been was named in the athletic article that's coming in on the deal with him is a guy called Burke Bakke, who's a huge Galatasaray fan. And um, that must be where the, the Drogba link came from because Drogba played there, didn't yeah, he? So maybe he had the pull to get him in. So the funniest thing about that article, I, it, was, it was beautifully written by Matt Slater. And you read it, read it, read it. It's all great. You get to the last line, <laughs> and I don't know why, but it just made, it just tickled me. Is it in such town declined to comment? I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah. classic yeah. town that under Marcus Evans. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you got you listened. Did you hear Paul Lambert's interview last night, Kate? When Brennan was, uh, he was asking yeah. him the questions about the takeover, and he kept saying, "Ask Marcus." and Brenner says, I can't get hold of him. And then he was like laughing, wasn't he? That's, that's the most open and funny I've heard Lambert since he's been at, at the club. That's he knows he's going. <laughs> like, it's a weird situation for him, right? Because he he's going, but, like, he's getting paid for the next four years. He's that's, happy weird. that's beer time, as he said. That's how he's going did for you, a beer. Hey, did you interview him when, during your, your, you know, when you were covering locally? Did you interview him when he was at Norwich? Yeah, and I loved working with him. And so it's really weird, like the professional side of yeah. me, like I am indebted to Paul Lambert because obviously I was covering Norwich and they were League One and then promoted to the championship straight away. Amazing story career-wise for me. Great, put that down, great experience. And then um, obviously promoted to the Premier League, three years in the Premier League. And then, like, honestly, and I have said this to the man, I do sort of credit him with helping me get to Sky Sports because had Norwich not been in the Premier League, I don't think Sky would be would have been interested in me. But because How I did that make you feel as a town fan, though, Kate, with, with your town hat on? Oh, sick of him. <laughs> <But> <laughs> he, like, when I listen to those interviews with Brenner, like, that's not the person I used to interview. Yeah. Like, so warm he he was so polite to me if i bump it because i was living in norwich at the time like if i bump into him in norwich city center like he he'd come over and say hi or like you know he'd want to know like us like what's going on in your life outside of the bbc or whatever and just 
it is so weird to see he's a very different person now yeah. um and mm. those interviews just don't reflect the person i i interviewed for years yeah it was quite weird because like obviously norwich and Ipswich don't play um at home on the same weeks um so one saturday it would be paul lambert and then the next saturday it would be roy Keane at portman road and that was like a, as a cub reporter i mean you couldn't really make it up could you yeah. seriously like sort of thrown in at the deep end so mm-hmm. um but yeah i was told, so, I was, I was told to thank you when he got the job but someone I'm not going to say who it is on air, but someone you will know, I believe. Um, since he texted me and said, you've got a great guy coming in. He's going to do great stuff for you. And again, I had that kind of optimism that was coming. And we saw it, didn't we? The wording dervish kind of guy, we call him, when he first was appointed. But he's just a shadow of that now, isn't he? Absolute shadow. Yeah, do you think he's been downtrodden, Kate? Do you think he's been downtrodden? Obviously, at Norwich, he had a successful team. And when you're winning, it's, yeah. it's obviously a lot easier to, to be interviewed. And when, when you're not doing very well, obviously, he's not... I don't think he's got a great relationship with the owner. I don't think he has because you just you just got to listen to him last night. Ask Marcus if you can get hold of him. So does he have a line of contact, obviously, with him? We don't really know because we don't really know what goes on, do we? But it's weird, like, you know, there aren't open lines of communication with Lambert and, like, the press. And, uh, you know, that's not... If I was a football manager, that's just not how I'd manage it. Like, you need the press on your side. Well, it's easy for me to say because I've been that member of press for a long time for over a decade so I would say that but it's just it's weird how like caustic the relationships have got gotten um so disappointing um and also like what annoys me is like I feel like Paul is such um an experienced manager now like the way like some of these short answers sort of flying off the handle banning Phil for something that was out of his control. Like, who is this person? Like, yeah, it's just, it's not the person that I knew many, many years ago or worked with many years ago. So, yeah, it's just, it's it's a strange one being a fan and, and listening and watching these days. The rumour is that he's grown paranoid, Matt, isn't it? The, the, the experience of leaving Norris, going to Villa and then, you know, everything in between to here has shifted him a little bit from that that persona to a more like when Stuart yeah. Watson said I've been talking within the club and he's who who yeah right? he's immediately on the defensive of people who are playing against him and and to be fair as Adam Flat says here he's worked under Randy Lerner the Venkies and Evans I mean you hardly had <laughs> the greatest of owners to work with for what, what a trio there I know what a meeting that would be um yeah you know, I, I do feel for him I, I really do I, I do I mean, I think, yeah, you're right. Ever since Norwich, it's sort of, his career's sort of gone downhill a little bit, hasn't he? He didn't get many pre, he didn't get a pre-season at Stoke or Blackburn or Wolves, I believe. So he's always coming into doing that firefighting job, I guess. But yeah, just, if you talk, talk to fans from those clubs, they've got the same gripes that we, we've got. You know, he's suddenly become very short in his interviews. He doesn't, he starts, you know, sort of making up weird excuses. And as Kate really, said, he's been reading your Twitter, Matt, that's why. He's been reading your Twitter. Yeah, he even banned people, Kate, from um, Villa, guys from like the, the, the local the paper there. So, yeah, whenever he feels like he's on hot coals and under pressure, it feels like he, you know, he starts throwing his weight around a little bit. And becoming know, like, you know, he, he would F and Jeff at like, um, you know, people I worked with um, in the press at Norwich as well. I never 
I never had that treatment, so I feel I feel indebted for that. Um, so yeah, it's it's kind of weird. You would think you would need you need those people on your side, even when thing you know, when, especially when things aren't going the way you'd like them to go. Sorry, go on, go on. He certainly uh, has taken got the ump with the East Anglian, hasn't he? Because it takes a lot for them to suddenly run a front page. And we were quite proactive on this show to say that they should take some action, which they did. And funny enough, ever since then, he's barely done a press conference in the week with them. <laughs> he's always put in Stuart Taylor or Matt Gill, wasn't he? Part of the, obviously, the, the, the new ownership potentially coming in is this change of manager. Now, it's not Lee Cook, it's Paul Cook, whichever one it is. But have you ever had dealings with Mr. Cook, Kate? Have you come across right. him in your career? No. 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 So from the outside, as a fan, when you hear the, the name, you know, Paul Cook, <laughs> I'm making sure that's correct now. I'm looking at him too, thinking, is that right? Um, I've got myself so confused with which cook it is. So many cooks board a broth. But um, what are your thoughts on him as a fan? So, so long as he doesn't come in, buy us all beers and fund our trips to away games and then it all goes sideways, I'm okay. <laughs> From the outside, his career's not looked too bad, Crunch. I know you're a big fan. I know Matt's a big fan. I've got a clip to play a bit later on of him telling us all how great he is. You know, Matt likes to be right. I like his interviews because he's obviously a scouter. And when, when you hear him at the end of the game, Matt, he's obviously he's been shouting all game and he's hoarse and he's real, he's scouse accent. He's really oh, like this. And you think, <laughs> look, he's done well. He's at Chesterfield, Portsmouth, Wigan. Look, he, done a, he done a great job last season at Wigan and it was obviously because they had the points off that they went down because probably he would have still been, he'd have still been there. But there was obviously Sheffield Wednesday. I think they're still linked with him. I think they only offered him till the end of the season. And I think, did Sheffield when he's at, when, Sheffield Wednesday's owner, did he badmouth Paul Cook a little bit? I can't remember what he said. Yeah, so I'll be really surprised yeah. if he went to, to Wednesday because they're desperate now because it's looking like they're going to get relegated. So would you, Sheffield Wednesday, Ipswich? I think it, personally, I, I hope he comes to town. I know Martin's, he's not his biggest fan, but he's got a 51% win rate. So I'm, I'm all for him. Look, I was for the Cowleys. I'd still take the Cowleys now if Paul Cook doesn't come in. I think he'll probably suit this new ownership in that he'll be a much more jovial character. I think more like a Joe Royal 2.0, I think. And, you know, I've got friends that support Burnley and they he played for them, obviously, and they said he's the most scouse man in the world. So I think we can look forward to being a little more, less down this, like Lambert, a more sort of Joe Royal-style interviews, I think. Yeah, I, I think from what I've heard from, from, from Kate and from Daryl and, and this vision and this plan, I think if Paul Cook spends more than five minutes in a room with the guy, he will walk walk out if just town manager. Because, you know, if the other option is Wednesday until the end of the season or this plan of a new club and a new vision and a community and building something from the ground up, almost something that Lambert thought he was getting with Evans. Um, this this chance to build something spectacular. I, I think Paul Cook, I think anyone will walk out. I mean, I've not met the guy and I'm walking out a big Brett, Brett fan. Um, it's just an amazing, I can't believe it's happening to my football if it happens. This is almost, I'm dreaming here and I've been dreaming all weekend. And You're dreaming of drinking pints at the Emirates. And yes, the, <laughs> the podcast at Camp New, mate. That's it. We're taking it on the road, you know. I mean, we're going to Singapore and see Kate for the preseason tour, and we'll do a podcast in in the flesh. Yeah, it's going to be good. This is this is this is the dream, right? Can you do the fourteen days in quarantine in one hotel room, though? Uh, <laughs> no, I can't stand you as one two minutes. So no, the answer is definitely not. Um, but okay, it's been a real honour 
to to speak with oh. you and, and talk football with you. And I know it's what twenty past ten your time now. Mm-hmm. I'm so sorry to have kept you past oh. past ten. Where's your town shirt, Kate? Where's your town shirt? Come on, show here us. Here it is. Here it is. <laughs> There you go. Beautiful. That one. <laughs> Sorry. Absolutely. We really appreciate Oh, it's been an honor. Thank you so much. And just fingers crossed, I, re- I really, really hope like it happens. It would be peak if switch. <laughs> it doesn't. Yeah. That's what I'm worried about. But then Paul Lamb yesterday almost confirmed it. He said, oh, well, I'm 99% not going to be here when it when it, when it when the takeover goes through. Like, he didn't even really throw any any water on the fire. In fact, he, he uh, put some more petrol, petrol on it. Yeah, yeah. He, he lit it uh-huh. even more. And I couldn't, when I was getting the, the comments fed through to me because I was doing the match day ticket, I couldn't believe what I was reading and what I was hearing in my headset. I was like, what? He said, what? And to be honest with you, you know, we sit here going, oh, good. we're so used to things that happening at Ipswich and nothing going on and not winning anything and not getting promoted, just getting relegated. Our fan base deserves this, in my opinion. We've stuck by this club. We kept them off when they were relegated. But we've been given, you know, we've given so much. We've got so little. We we deserve this as a fan base, absolutely. Absolutely. I think also, before before I go, I think you've probably heard enough from me. Definitely not. <laughs> I just think it's really well. Firstly, I think it's really weird how like we all know about this deal, potential deal. Like that's just a bit strange. How like that's all come to fruition, like. I sort of heard rumours last week and I was like sending off text messages in the middle of the night to like my friends in Phoenix saying, what have you heard? Who is this? And like texting my friends who are like um, like commentators in MLS saying, what's all this? I've heard this. And like they didn't know. And then like I think it's like really weird that like Brett followed and liked that Ipswich goal. I was like, hang on a minute here. And then, um, like, I always thought, I think it's really weird that, like, Marcus Evans is, like, willing to, like, write off, like, the 100, 100 um, like, million, million um, mm-hmm. pounds in debt. It's like, that. that's a bit mental, but. This is it. It's dreamland. It's dreamland so, stuff. There you go. Callas got, Callas on it. <laughs> yeah, I reckon Mark has leaked it to take pressure off. Um, yeah, Nick, think that's why I think it's a dual pie in the sky. Mark, uh, Maka, Kate, that's great. You've been on today. Up or down. you got a lot of love in the chat, Kate. Everyone absolutely oh. loves you and wants you on every week. So, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll send him your agent a, a message and see what we can, what we can do. Um, but you, it's, take... been a, it's been an honour. I've been really homesick of late, so it's been lovely, um, genuinely, from like a fan point of view, but also like personal point of view like obviously really tough being away from my family and like new mum and stuff so just yeah, yeah, yeah. has your son got an Ipswich baby grow yet because I know you were looking for one but thanks to um, um granny in Ipswich yes he's, he's got a long sleeve and a short sleeve so yeah their baby stuff is poor like there's not there's not great range like when I was buying for my son that's your calling come on just, yeah. really on a, a, a real play, pleasure so take care and hopefully come on again soon yeah, yeah, thanks, Kate. Thanks, Kate. Thank you, Kate. All the best. Thank you. Bye bye. So, yesterday there was a game. Um, we won again. Postman delivered again there. Yeah, 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 he did. Uh, well done. Great guess. <laughs> That's you great guess. Guess. Come on. Yeah, Matt's got to put his finger out, he? Yeah, yeah, surely. Yeah. yeah. So, the game yesterday, let's let's really unpack that. Um, a big win, six, you know, against the top six side. Now, two points outside the playoffs. This really, you know, with all those that chat there about the new ownership, the momentum wave, if that happens and we get into the playoffs, 
I mean, this, these next four or five months for Ipswich Town Football Club could be the biggest four or five months in a decade or two or more. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, well, the, the, the priority is to get back to the championship minimum, isn't it? That's where we've got to be. As Andy Holt told us on Thursday night, you know, <laughs> it's such a huge fish in this pond that is League One. We've just got to get out of this. But then, as as Andy said, you know, Portsmouth want to get out. Some of them want to get out. People want to get out. I want to get out. Do you know what I mean? There's a lot of keeping up there, but we've just got to get in that mix. We have to get in that mix to get out. Well, I agree with you, Matt, what you were just saying. We do, we deserve it. We've put up with a lot of shit the last 13 yeah. years. You know, there's, we've had nothing, nothing at all, one playoff season, and that is it. You know, we yeah. deserve, like yesterday's game. Get in, guys. Yesterday, <laughs> uh, fisherman, I'm waiting for you. Uh, yesterday's game, if you look at that, we did have a bit of luck, and I don't think we've had a lot of luck this season in games. Like you were saying, Martin, when mm. we were at Sunderland away, you know, the Dazelle sending off the penalty. I know Matt says mm. it was a penalty, but I still, mm. you do need a little bit of luck in football, and it, mm. is fi- it is fine margins. We didn't play fantastic yesterday. I'm not going to say sit here and say we were brilliant. We weren't. If Doncaster had a decent striker, yeah, maybe, but we had that little bit of luck. And I think we deserve it, but you, you do make your own luck in games. But we, like I just, I did say back there, you have to carry it on now. Tuesday at Accrington, you've got to go there and get a result, yeah. another win, and you've got to keep that snowball effect going and just build it and build it and build it. Because there's games they're, coming up we can take points from. They're funny. They're funny club, Tommy. Because you remember the nil-nil last season in the sun at Portman Road, and they just lost Mark Chris, and they had gone to Portsmouth. And I still feel like they're in the same. They're, they're in the same rut there. Yesterday they didn't have a striker, did they? I could watch them play. I could watch them play. They played a lot of good football, but not a lot at the end of the pitch. That's why it's been their identity, isn't it? You might remember when I was his name, Sean Driscoll was manager there. They come down and played some really good stuff. But um, yeah, they just lack a goal scorer there. So maybe that they, that could be the club that maybe falls out and we come through. I'll tell you what I was impressed with yesterday. Bostock, who we've mentioned on here previously. Oh, yeah. You know, you talk about, you know, trying to strength an army field. I'd like to see, you know, he's, he's there on an 18 month deal. Was it Toulouse? Only Still only 29, mate. He's Were you at the FA when he played, when he was like 16? Did he play for England, the youth teams? Yeah. Yeah. I was on a trip with him. We was in uh, Germany for one of the, under, it was the under 17 Euros. And actually we did an interview with him with the Daily Mail. He was a really, really nice lad. And it felt like he was going to be, he did an interview with Wilshire, funny enough. It was Wilshire who was the one who went into the, the Premier League and, you know, and played for England. And Bostock, he fell away, which was really weird at the time. But, yeah, I feel like he's a bit of a unit, weren't he? And he was on the – and Mick Mills even said he sees a lot of the ball. You know, you talk about someone like Fling Downs going in the summer, for example. I feel like probably Bostock would be a good replacement. If, you it's know. like young – I think we're going to come on to – we're going to come on to young players and, like, you know, the Lewis Reed thing. But it is young players at that level. He was, like, the next big thing. He was at Palace. He, was, yeah. so he didn't go to Spurs. Yeah, we was 15 yeah. when he made his debut at Palace. So you say he's been around years. Yes, 14 years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The thing is, and this is why the investment is almost coming at the right time, if it does happen, because I don't think Flynn Downs will go in the summer. His value is nothing. He's not played well enough this yeah. year. Luke Wolfenden's no. value is nothing. He's not played. He's not in the bloody team at the moment. Like, if, if, the, if the ownership doesn't change and new, and new investment comes, there's no one to sell this year um, no. for money that would really sort of strengthen the hand. And... Yeah. I can see somebody in the VIP area, and I'm going to bring him in in a second crunch. So get your boxing gloves on, some. But oh, he does. I've got a big problem at the moment, and it's these people that say it's the players, not the manager. 
if the players are playing for new contracts, I don't want them next year. If they're mercenaries that are only motivated by possibly new ownership, uh, but will sit on their laurels for six months to a year when they're nice and tied up, I don't want them. My I see club. someone tweeting. I can't remember who it was. I was going to send it to you last night, Mike, and they basically said the same. The players are absolute shithouses. They haven't played all season. Haven't been playing. All of a sudden, what's going on? New manager, new owners. I don't and think I so. That. This is the not just synonymous with town. This is footballers in general. They're all mercy. mercy. But is it? Because James Norwood's not been fit and he has been our linchpin. I, I put up some stats last night. Breathtaking how how much he has put into this football club on his you know in, on the pitch right. since his return. Goals, assists, he holds the ball up. Then you've got Parrot. I'm not Parrot. I don't think he's particularly fantastic, but he's so much better than anybody else we played behind the striker all year. Fact. <laughs> what did we call him yesterday? Drinning and Sears, Drears, Diadrears. <laughs> yeah, but as about yesterday, I said to Crunch Matt, Drinnan and Sears were your front two for a large portion of the season with yeah. Hawkins. Like there's a reason yeah. why we were crap, and that's that's a big part of it. Mm. Then you've mm. got Wilson returning back to fitness. I don't like yeah. the guy, but he's no nonsense. Well, not not quite Mowbray, but a bit Mowbray in the sense of head it, kick it, lump it. End of him story. And Toto are good. Him and Toto are good together. Toto looks much more solid defender than he with Wilson by his side, and maybe the, the other the younger lads, you walk from Donald McGuinness. But I feel like with the players, I mean, this form has come from nowhere. We weren't expecting to go and win one nil uh, Hull City, were we? So yeah, and I don't ever believe in coincidences. <laughs> I, I do feel like what's going on behind the scenes is maybe driving this. But we can't judge players as we would ourselves as fans because they're not fans. They're, it's their job. And sometimes, Rich, you'll go and do your job, and you'll get on the tracks, and you've got a bang in their day, and you don't feel like it. Players are going to be exactly the same when they for, oh, for games to the on the radio. Always, oi. <laughs> Now, it's interesting when you said about Wilson and, and Toto because Mick Mills, he said about Wolfen and McGuinness, they could do exactly the same as them too. It was just the way that Lambert wanted them to play. Defenders, as far as I'm concerned, mm. defenders are there to defend. Stop the ball going in the net, head it, kick it, block it. They're not there to pass it about, spray it about. We're in League One, Matt. We're in League One. We're not Premier League, Champions League. We don't want John Stones. Diaz, you know, spraying it out from the back. The goalkeeper, Edison, fires all his passes for Man City. Keep it simple. We don't want false number nines and all this free up front. and what. We don't need that. Keep it simple. And we have. We've been playing it a bit more direct, getting forward quicker, you know. And it's all right. Look, we can all criticise Drin and we can all criticise Hawkins. But you look at them when they played up front on their own. The rest of the players about 30 yards away from him. Yeah. yeah. Forward's got Parrot. Parrot's there beside him. He's got Judge. They're working all together. And he's all but it's all also up here between the years, though, Crunch. Adam Flax yesterday. Look at Drennan. Hold the ball in the corner, man. What's he do? Lumps it in the middle and gives the ball away. And then they, they launch an attack from it. He's what's got nothing between the ears. What about that cross? Like Adam said, it's just landed in his back garden. Do you know what I mean? So, um, what did you say about Mike Brown yesterday? Before I, He's here. So, what did you say? Reissue your challenge there, Crunch. Well, I basically said to him the other night, you, you cannot come on here. Is he on the bank? Where are you? Are you fishing? No, mate. i just come back from the lake. I'll just, uh, just... Did you catch anything? No, I was. I'm doing some work down there. Um, that was some, uh, that's an absolutely unbelievable setup you got down there, Mike. Is that your own lake? Yeah, buddy. Yeah, well, it's not my own lake. I, I, I lease it off the um, Ministry of Defence. Um, 
Yeah, it's a cracking little venue. It's only We're coming down. We've got to do a show from there, Martin. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely. On the lake. Hell yeah, it's a nightmare. Well, it's Go on then. What do you think? What do I think? Give the manager, give the manager some credit. Say his name, Mike. Not in a million years. No, <laughs> I'm going to go down that road with you, boys. Not at all. Listen, I'm with you, Martin. Get, oh, Jesus! Someone give me a bucket. I want to be sick in a minute. Um, <laughs> um, I'm with you, Martin, on where the players. I still think. I think there's something's happened behind the scenes that we don't know about, and I think that obviously there's come about this 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 takeover and stuff like that. Now, for me. If the players have suddenly said, you know what, oh Christ, we've got to up our game, otherwise we won't be here next season, then quite frankly, I'm on the same as you, Martin. Get rid. Because where have they been the last two and a half years under Lambert? Right? Then you've got to look at the situation. Lambert is the manager. He makes the final decisions. He puts in players out there. Why haven't they been performing for him? You know, and some of his tactics and some of his it's been it's been quite embarrassing, as we know. The Northampton was probably the lowest point of every town fan ever. That game was just absolute turgid from from the start to the ninety fourth. And, and and not that long ago either, Mike. <laughs> no, people forgetting that. Yeah, we look. Let's be let look positive. Yeah, that's positive. a good one. Go, can you just go back? Hang on, Mike. Just go back on the screen there. The Adam Flats Adam Flats one. I think he needs to take a lot of credit, Matt Gill. I really I do. Gilly, Gilly, the yeah. end of the season. Perhaps. Perhaps. Um, but, yeah, but again, you know, the staff have got, to, you know, the, the, the three staff there have got to look at themselves and say, hang on a minute. You know, where has this been for the last two and a half years? You know, it wasn't long ago that we were we were sat here <sighs> absolutely in tears moaning about Northampton. You know, yeah. and then suddenly we win two good games. And let's be honest, I thought, yeah, you know, Donny, but I tell you what, you know, Donny were better side and we beat them. You know, and that weren't through that weren't through us being weren't us through doing all the sit the the the, the tippy tappy passing. It was it was really dogged defending. So I don't agree you with know, George. I don't agree with George's comment there. I don't agree with George's comment. We weren't allowed to say anything against him for almost two and a half years. Look, I'm a massive Lambert critic. I'm not coming on here and saying I'm not like him up there with a poster. I'm not. No. I just think <laughs> He looks like he's finally found something. Look, we we could all say, is it because he knows he's going, the pressure's yeah, of off, the players know that there's new ownership coming in, there's going to be a new manager. And I, I look, I'm, I'm with you two there. Shithouses. If if that is the case, Mike, they're absolute shithouses, the yeah, players. Yeah. And and I'll tell you what, one of them would be the captain, first out the door. Because uh, he... Oh, yeah, but he should have won the sum of the relegation crunch. Definitely. That I squad that gave up. Oh, I yeah, said that. Before. Then cut the head off at the root and you, you you move on. Simple as that. I want to I want to challenge this two and a half year stuff I keep hearing. Because you can't blame Lambert, in my opinion, for the relegation when players are coming out and saying we gave up in October. Nobody was gonna change that relegation. That squad was rotten to the core. We then had half a season of really good football, top of the table, love and life. Then then, then half a season of rubbish. And then this season is still on is still ongoing. So where's the two and a half years of really bad football come from? We've had, what, a year max? Possibly if you combine two seasons so far together. I keep hearing the last two and a half years has been shit. Hasn't all been shit. Oh, it hasn't been great, has it? I mean, let's be a look. Okay, let's go back. <laughs> let's, go back to, let's go back to the start when Lambert came in the October, okay? Matt Lambert is an experienced, allegedly, an experienced premiership, championship, 
League One manager, right? Yep. Right? He yep. did better than Hurst with that squad, right? I'm telling you now, some, Mick McCarthy would have got saved us that season, regardless of what we all think and what, you know, I, I honestly believe... If Mick Ran had Will should be a bike, you, you can't say that. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry, but we can, right? Because, you know, anybody, like I said, if you've got a real good footballing brain about you, you, will, you could see who's a good manager and who's not a good manager. Lambert's never been, we've said it no, no, so many times, Lambert's never been the same manager since Culverhouse left him. And that's, that's, that's facts, yeah. based on evidence. Yeah. You know, mm. and, the, and the reality is, is that, you know, we went down with a whimper. Some of it's got to be blamed on Lambert. Some of it's got to be blamed on the players. I'm not, I'm, I'm under no illusions. You know, I agree. Them, for them players to give up in October, them players should have gone. But Lambert had the opportunity to get in League One and start fresh, but he didn't. He kept he kept the, the so-called wonder captain and he kept a few of the dog shit that's still there, still there today. Right. And then tried to play tippy tappy passing from the back. Yeah, right, and it didn't work. And how many times it did for half a season? We until... said, but even when we were winning games, we looked, we looked lackluster. Can't say that. Can't say. Doesn't yeah, matter. Absolutely. You play shit for forty-six games. Won. Win every single one of them. Does it matter? Mike, Mike, I was away at Gillingham. We won. We got twenty-seven points and eleven. We're all holding hands. Everyone's cheering. No one was manic moaning about Lambert then. They weren't. No, no. no. Um... But there was always that. There was always that. We weren't playing well. I'll, I'll agree with you there. We weren't playing well. We weren't playing well. We were winning. We were winning games. And if you're winning games, everyone's happy. Yeah, of course they are. But it was. I always felt the manner of the win sometimes were a little bit lackluster. I always felt that with Amber. I don't disagree. You, no, I don't either. To, to get a pro, to win promotion. I mean, okay, right. Donny yesterday. Yeah, they were all over us. Seventy-three percent possession. They and if it hadn't have been for fantastic defending, some fantastic. You know, effort by our lads, we would have we would have lost that game three months ago. We'd have lost that game. Possession means nothing. Possession means nothing. When we had all the ball, we had all the ball in a lot of games and done nothing with it. And you'd say yesterday, Doncaster were a mirror image of what we were early in the season. I was never scared, Crunch. I was never scared yesterday. I said to Ben before we went live on on the full time show, "We've got this in the bag." So we're not yet. I said, "No, we have." We have. What's happened to him? When he was at Grimsby, he was decent. I thought he's the thing is, he was awful. And Matt, Sir Bobby Robson said this himself, and I think it's it's actually on camera. I've said what I need to say. It's over to you now. So we talk about Mick McCarthy coming in or whoever coming in in that season. Every time those players crossed the white line, it was down to them. They they got beat by Reading in the last minute. They fucked that game up. Not Paul Lambert. They capitulated several times in that that relegation year. So I really can't ever say Paul Lambert was to blame for that because those players crossed that white line and did not put it on. It's funny you should you mention that Reading game, that 2-2 Reading, because that was actually one of Lambert's best performances, I thought. That was a much, from, from my memory, that was a much more... Get, almost like a bit like the whole game, wasn't it? They I'm thinking of, Millwall. I'm thinking Millwall when they, they grabbed it right at the death. Oh uh, yeah, the three, the three two, the New Year's when Day. They, right. When two players collided at halfway line and then he went through and scored. Yeah, the big lump. They had the big lump up up front. They put Steve it's Morrison on on that game and they couldn't handle him. I, I agree it's with you, Matt, about Reading. Yeah. Reading, Preston, and Reading. The first two games under Lambert, Ooh. we should have won both of them games. We drew yeah. both of them. It could have been different, but it wasn't. Maxwell in goal, outstanding game. <laughs> but do you but you say about like oh yeah once a player's crossed the line it's nothing that's out of Lambert's control and all this lot so you know and all this lot so when the players crossed the line in the last two games and won them two games that's nothing to do with Lambert it's all to do with the players. I'm no. 
Ah, you can't have it both not ways, at all. Not at all. Not at all. It's, 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 it, I've always said it's a collaborative effect. You can't... The thing is, Mike, we can't sit here on a weekly basis and say we've lost 2-1, it's all down to Lambert, and then say the players get away with it. And then when we win, say it's the players, it's not... It's, it's a collaborative effect. You set the 11 out. But in the game... As Alan Lee once told me, there will be battles. There will be situations where you've got to go. I've been players. told one thing, but I've got to Mike. do another thing. Mike, players have got away with it two and a, for two and a half years. Not you wouldn't really. want them in the you wouldn't want them in the trenches with you, would you? Not really, no. Not I a think, chance. Um, but the only the, think... the only players. That, I mean, I mean, do you know what? One of the most one of the players that's impressed me more this season since he's come back has been Kenlock. I think he's been well. Yeah been a world of difference from the oh, Kenlock. Interesting yeah. you should say that because you keep telling me that no one's got better under Paul Lambert. So only one ah uh, one player, but that was it down to Paul Lambert or was the fact he'd been sat on the bench for God knows how long and needed to prove himself. Hang yeah. on. How's, you can't world, be... how's world class million pounds downs doing under Lambert? How's world class uh, how's the how's Lancaster doing under Lambert? Ask 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 them boys, how are they doing under Lancaster? Because they're not even you know they're struggling to get games. I feel like Frank Bruno right here, Crunch. I walked into that jab, didn't I? <laughs> Great documentary, by the way. Tyson, Tyson Bruno. Watch it. Yeah. Watch that. I, say, I, do feel like, I feel like good managers do influence the game. You say that, that once the players cross the line, they haven't got the influence. But just look at Mick McCarthy at Cardiff. Got rid of Neil Harris, six defeats on the trot. He had him in sixth place. Was he won seven on the trot or something? They're two Same points off the playoffs now. He has a massive yeah. influence on the sideline. Big, big, good managers with big character have a big influence on the sideline. Absolutely. Yeah, I think Norwood's been the, the catalyst. I really do. I think, and I always said that: get your strikers back fit. We'll see what this team's all about. And Lambert, he's, he's been unlucky. Let's be honest. Kane Vincent Young could have transformed that season yeah. where it capitulated. Where yeah. he needed a few more months of goodness, and the PPG would have worked in our favour. It didn't. Yeah. Vincent Young hasn't been seen since. New ownership. Might never see him again if you bring the right owner, right investment. Who knows? But but Mike, mm-hmm. I love you, and I'm going to bring in Beat Beat Man Jimmy Bullard um, before we move it on to our to our goats and things. What do you make of all of this, then, Jimmy? I've actually changed my mind after listening to Lambert on after after the match. You know, he has been dealt a bad hand. I know I, 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 I mentioned it earlier on. You know, he's had some pretty bad owners. We can't blame him for everything. You know. Are the players playing better because of the, the you know the, the playing for contracts? Possibly, maybe not. I don't know. We will never know unless they come out and tell us, which they won't. We'll never know. You know, I think the change of system suits them better. They end up they're enjoying it. It's simple, it's easy. Everyone knows what they're doing. I think beforehand it was a bit complicated. You get young lads trying to do stuff that they're not really not really happy with, and the league doesn't help you. You know, I saw that game yesterday. They were playing like we were. We were playing like some I don't know, Burton and people are, and they were closing. We were closing them down when they had the ball passing it at the back. That was just like us earlier on in the season, or should I say, a couple of months ago. And yeah. it's like a complete chalk and che- chalk and cheese. Yeah, it's like complete chalk and cheese to what it was a couple of months ago. And it was like. Sorry to bother you again. Oh, one minute. What? <laughs> He's got to do the washing up. <laughs> yes. There's <laughs> 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 an argument coming on in that household in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> 
brilliant. Are you right there, Tim? Yeah, I was ready to upset me back. It's takeaway now. She wants to know how much money Ghetto took me. No, but it's like, where were I now? Right, yeah. It's like, it was just like chalk and cheese, but we can blame the manager, we can blame the players. You know, it looks like the time is coming to an end. I'd rather just draw a line in the sand and look to the future. The next generation. Right, absolutely. So, Jimmy, enjoy your takeaway tonight. I really appreciate you. Mike, really appreciate you. Right, before we go on to the GOAT, we have got some games in March. I want to tell, tell you what the games are, and I want the guys in the chat and yourselves to start thinking about how many points you think this glorious football club under the man, the myth, the legend, that is Paul Lambert, will get in March. So these are your games to consider. After our GOATs, we will visit this segment. It's Accra and Stanley on Tuesday. Then it's Ginningham, Lincoln, Plymouth, Fleetwood, Portsmouth and Wigan. That's Accrington, Ginningham, Lincoln, Plymouth, Fleetwood, Portsmouth and Wigan. Um, the two home games, the only two home games are Lincoln and Plymouth. So after this next segment, we want your points for March. Don't forget, the match day ticket will be there every step of the way. Every kick, every whistle, every Lee Anderson, Lee James in Norwood will be there every step of the way. Right, on to our... Let's go for our crunching. Right. Did anybody watch the EFL highlights yesterday or this morning? No. I haven't watched it yet. The quest one. So, you want to watch the Watford, Bournemouth-Watford, Matt? Guy called Jessif, Jess, is it Lerma? Plays for Bournemouth. Mm -hmm. Diving all over the place. Right, he's got oh, shocking. So in the week, I, I see this um this clip. I sent it to Martin, and then I was thinking back to um, do you remember in two thousand and two the World Cup in South Korea? Hmm. You know, si simulation in the game has been it's it's still a problem. You know, people diving around. So um, this first clip was Rivaldo. If you can line it up I against it was against Turkey, I so <laughs> right near the end of the game, it's right near the end of the game. He's about to take a corner, yeah. and the Turkish player is called Hakan Unsel. Was the lad? Here he is. Look, Rivaldo. I remember, I remember this. There he is. Look, bending down. What's happening? Right. Yeah. He, he hits his thigh and he, he holds his face. Lines yes, was so, right there. So he kicks the ball, doesn't he, at him, and he goes down like a sniper, shot him in the crowd. Yeah, it, it hits him in the thigh and holds his face, doesn't it? So the Turkish guy got sent off. Red card. <laughs> but Rivaldo, yeah. he got fined £5,180, labelled a cheat, but he came out and said, I was the victim. And it's like, <laughs> what were you doing? So... Fast forward to in the week, I was, I was looking on the BBC Sport website and it come from uh, the Guatemalan third division. Um, there was a clip. Batanacos FC player Rosebin Ramos. And I'll tell you what, I have never seen anything like this. This is unbelievable. The crunch has gone. Uh, have you got it? Or have you got? No, you still got Rivaldo. I do still got Rivaldo there. I do apologise. I, uh, I've lined up the wrong clip. Here What's it comes. A, who even knew there was a third division in the Guatemalan? Guatemalan yeah. League. So look, there's. Is it playing? Guatemalan player hits himself with objects thrown onto the pitch. Yeah. What? I don't think he's playing. Is it mine? 
should be seeing it. Are you not seeing it? Uh, we can see it, but we can stop playing. It's just still. It's oh, still. Okay. Sorry. Uh, how about now? No. No. So oh, weapons okay. enriched. So Talk what you see this group of players over here. Someone's obviously down yeah. injured. An yeah. object gets thrown from the crowd onto the pitch. This guy walks along, picks it up, hits yeah. himself in the face and throws himself on the floor. <laughs> I'll post it. I'll put it up on my Twitter later. You have never seen anything <laughs> like it in all your life. It's just a good job there was no VAR at that game. Because the thing is, his teammate sees it. And you can yeah. see the teammate's face like, what the f are you doing, you clown? See, actually picks it up. He runs over, it, picks it up and goes and falls and to the ground. Yeah. himself on the floor. Now, the maddest thing I've ever seen. There was no VAR in that game. And then I'll, I'll fast forward to last night, going away from this a little bit. Have we all seen the Lee Mason, the, the Brighton free kick? <laughs> yes, what we have. What is going on there? A poor referee, that's what's going on there, Crunch. So he's blown the whistle for the free kick. Just before it goes into the goal, you hear him blow it again. And then he gives the goal. But I see today he was supposed to be the fourth official, I think, for the Liverpool game tonight. Taken off. He's injured. <laughs> he hit himself in the head or something. <laughs> as Paul Merson was saying yesterday, you know if you've blown the whistle. So what was all this circus about? Because you know if you've blown the whistle or not. And... He, he didn't seem to know what he'd, what he'd done himself. It was a crazy situation. I don't know anyway. if you, you remember, like, taking free kicks quickly. You don't have... The referee doesn't have to blow his whistle there. If you say to him, can I take it quick? I don't know if you all remember Thierry Henry scored a goal for Arsenal against Villa in the Premier League. Put it down. He said, can I take it quick? Curled it in. So, I, why is he blowing the whistle the second time? Well, you... Um, Irvin says he can explain what's happened. Irvin, the link's in the chat. I'll drop it again. If you want to come on as a referee and, and explain to us what, what your side of it, we'd love to hear it. Um, but from my side of it, for, I remember as a player, you always used to have to say to the referee, whistle, please. If you said whistle, please, the referee had to blow the had to have a whistle before the free kick. If you didn't say it, if you didn't ask him for it, it was a, it was almost carte blanche for the you know for the player to come up and. Um... Why is he blowing it the second time? This is what I can't get my head around. No, me neither. And if everyone wants to come on, he's more than welcome to. Obviously, now, with, with no fans in the ground, you can hear it a lot clearer. Yeah. You can hear it all, can't you? Yeah. In the meantime, we'll go to this wonderful story. Before you do, Matt, I need to get this in before I forget. Paul Cook would be a great manager for Ipswich Town, I think. Because if yeah. you look where Wigan are at the they're on 50 points already in the championship. So they're going to lose their 12 points, whatever happens. So they'll go down to Burgate. They're, they're, they're going to But that team was struggling that massively with us last season. And now they're mid-table. He was really good at Portsmouth. Um, um, had almost 50% win record there. Playing good football. And remember they beat us in the FA Cup under him. Two, three seasons back. I think he'd be a really good manager. I think he'd be a really good manager. Not sure why the audio was all messed up in that one. What is that your computer today? I don't know. No, that, 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 on there, that was actually on the clip. So, oh, weird. Well, that was back in July, wasn't it? One of our first, maybe our second, third, fourth show, something like that. Mm -hmm. We were talking about him. So, yeah, it's weird. It's Probably weird. getting about 20 viewers at the start. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We've got a lot of down haircuts. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a nice little segue talking about podcasts there because um, I was interested this week to see Lennon, of course, has left Celtic. So I've been watching a podcast. It's really good. If you're interested in Scottish football and if you've got an interest in Celtic, it's called A Celtic State of Mind. So you just put that into YouTube or on your podcast, whatever. And it's run by a guy called Paul John Dykes. 
and they have like a, a evolving cast similar to what we have here. Now, the guy on there called Tony Haggerty used to work for the Daily, I think, Daily Record or something in Scotland. So he used to be a journalist. He's got, his own, he's got a book out as well on Amazon. Tony Haggerty. And it's really interesting how, you know, there's, even though we're a much smaller club than them, you know, Celtic Park holds 60,000 supporters. They've won 50 foot one titles, 40 Scottish Cups. You know, even, with, even though we're much smaller than them in, in the football sphere, they've got exactly the same kind of wish list as, as, as we've got. So Tony was saying, you know, who now comes in to replace Lennon? We need to entice someone who's going to be a top draw candidate and it's going to be box office for season tickets because they've got like 59,000 season ticket holders. Exactly what we've been saying, isn't it? Who's going to who's gonna front that brochure when it lands on our doorstep come March, April, and hopefully we have fans back in the stadium next season? Who's going to be that one that gets us reconnected again? Now we've got maybe the new ownership coming. That's going to be a connection in itself, but you still want that figurehead. So that was very interesting. And then Tony and Paul were saying that, you know, they need a new culture at the club. Again, look at what we've got. New culture in a club that is lost from top to bottom. That kind of describes the Evans era, doesn't it? Last 13 years. Re repair the disconnect that exists between boardroom, the first 11 and supporter level. They feel disconnected from the club. Exactly the same as us. Uh, someone that's box office. We've said that already. Uh, a manager that has enough pedigree to attract decent players. Goes back to what Martin's always saying. Transition in the summer. We've got 17 players out of contract. A lot of people go in. New people need to come in. We need a figurehead that's going to be able to to help with that one and also tony says get a tune out of what remains again important yeah, uh, yeah maybe yeah. we'll see that between now and the end of the season if, if paul cook does does come in and and someone who can work with the youth you know so we could also pride themselves on bringing youth players through like we do you know dobber and lancaster have dropped off the edge of the last you know month or so, so you know, I think uh, do you know i think about the celtic when you're saying all that what's that lampard lampard really <gasps> Can you imagine the money being that that, yeah. that that would generate? Lampard versus Gerard, Gerard versus Lampard. Yeah. I can see that. I can see that happening. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's what you know. They're they're worried that they're going to try and do it on the cheap. Their board, so they don't they don't want a Steve Clark. They don't want a Jack Ross. You know, they're looking at you know maybe an Eddie Howe or uh, you know some of these bigger names that they would like to entice there. So that's very interesting. That even though you know we're polar opposites in terms of we leave one and they've got a sixty thousand seat stadium, that wish list is exactly the same as what we've got. That's because the yeah. Scottish football is not. I'm going to say it. It's not as prestigious. It's a it's a funny one, isn't it? They're an absolutely huge club. They're absolutely huge, huge, huge fish in a really small pond. It's a it's a funny one, isn't it? I guess it's all boils down to how. And having the manager in that's going to be better than Gerard and and put Celtic ahead of Rangers. That's what yeah. it boils down to. They also, they also, Why would you? But they also want to compete in Europe as well. I mean, obviously they won the European Cup in '67 under Jock Steen, so they want they you know they want to get back into that world a little bit. But um, yeah, interesting. A Celtic state of mind, really good. They do like daily shows. Uh, like I say, have a different cast on there each day. Really, Stuart really Slater is on money, Matt. Yes, indeed, they were interested to see. I was chatting to Paul John Dykes about it. Yeah, they were interested to see Stuart had been on our show on the Tuesday. I think they had him Wednesday. So they were interested to see that. But yeah, yeah, I think we he signed, didn't he, from Celtic to Ipswich. Was that how he went? Yeah, because he went from West Ham, Lou McCarthy took him to Celtic, and he was, he was only there about yeah. a season. Yeah. Then he come to yeah. Ours. yeah, really good pod. It's really good. Brilliant. Yeah, yeah, it is a good watch. I'm glad you've put, put me onto it. I really do. And uh, and actually, just to round up, I think if Rangers and Celtic, that old question, how would they do in English football? I think with their fan base and the size of their football... Have you got a flower vase for a mug there, Matt? Like, you got... This one? No, this, this is... Uh, you like a vase. 
this is a mark well my 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 uh it's actually an anniversary i'll tell everybody because some people might not know this it's actually two years today since my dad's funeral so he died two years ago and it was interesting to see with stuart taylor uh father passing away from dementia because my dad had that as well so this is my little mug that uh remembers him my tony phillips mug so uh or glass should i say so yeah a little nod for dad whilst we're doing the pod absolutely 100 percent. i'm glad i mentioned it now um i really yeah. am but yeah i do think circle rangers will be huge in english football with their money and the fan base and all of that um right points time we've got the games Yes. Guys, girls in the chat, let me know what you feel. Um, I'll run through it again. You've got Akron Stanley away, Gillingham away, Lincoln at home. Currently, Gillingham, early kickoff. One o'clock. Yeah. Caught me out. Yeah. Plymouth at home, Fleetwood away, Portsmouth away, and Wigan Athletic away. 21 points up for grabs. What do we think we're going to go for? Matt, kick us off. God, well, well, so, so Accrington. I mean, we did this at Christmas time. I was really pessimistic. Suddenly, I've got optimistic. I'm seeing three points everywhere. So, um, Accrington, look, we love Andy, don't we? We love Andy Holt. Yeah. I bought. I should tell everybody, I bought an Accrington mug after Andy was on. It was the least I could do to yeah. put some money in their coffers. I love that guy. Um, so, I think we'll win at Accrington. I feel like we could get three points now. That's that's my one. Um, do you want me to go through my list now? Yes, please. Yeah, yeah. So, three points at Accrington. Hell, I'm going to get three points at Gillingham. <laughs> Lincoln's yeah. gonna with six points back to back there. Fine. I think we'll get I think we'll draw with Lincoln at home. Plymouth, I think we're gonna beat Plymouth will beat three. Fleetwood, I think we'll go to and get three. Pompey difficult. I think that we could lose there. And mm. I think we'll beat Wigan. So I've got uh, so what's that? Six and ten, sixteen points. Okay, crunch before you could, before you have your say. You got Stephen Parry with fifteen, Stuart with fifteen, Josh with fifteen. Stuart and Josh both appreciate you yesterday on the show. Matt's ticket, great points, loved you contributing. Lee, uh, sixteen points, uh, sixteen points with James Nord up front. Lee, that seems a bit low for you. Uh, Tony Man, twelve. Facebook user seventeen. Gary's got ten. Chris got thirteen. Adam at fifteen. Blakey. 10? You won't sell with that sort of mentality, mate. Uh, Daniel Bard, 11 with Lambert in charge, 16 with Cook. Daniel, I hope you are look, being well, my man, and looking after you in the Clayton. Keep it up, my friend. Callie with a 17. Crunch, what about you, my friend? The only thing I've gone different uh, in mine is a draw at Atkinson, and Matt went for, for a win there. So I've done everything else is the same, 14 points. 14. So if you go in and look, two points a game, that's what they say the average what you yeah. should be looking at. So I'll be happy with 14. Only defeat Portsmouth away. Tough place to go, but they haven't yeah. been doing very well at home, Matt. No, so we have to we have to assume Cook is going to be in place for, for in March. That's what I'm assuming anyway. So you'll be in charge I, for some of these games. Okay. So if you have those points returns, do you then rock the boat? As in, do you stop the momentum train? Do you do you tinker with it? Do you play with it if you're the new owner? Or do you say we might have something here we, no. we didn't know about. So we're going to let this play out now. It's not going to be waiting, is he? He's already, he'll, he'll be in place. Mm. If the new owner comes in, he's going to have a new manager. That's just the way yeah. it'll be. And then like... if it all goes wrong, that's his first mistake. The fans will say, if you hadn't changed it, who knows? I do feel like, yes, I know Joe Fed said this on the, from Blue Monday. He said this as well. Mm. Was, Matt, was Matt Gill in charge yesterday? Yesterday's game. Oh, fucking like wind it in. Oh, Joe was having a go about about bloody Taylor getting involved. Like even Jimmy, even Jimmy Walker had the iPad out. Did you see him? Not Taylor Walker. That's what I'm. Yes, um, I felt I felt like they were in charge yesterday. That's the impression I got. If you saw the camera down on the touchline, no, he was just saying, he was just saying, look here, 
We're at full time. Match day ticket, you know. Get get yeah. off. That's what he was saying. Would you give if you're Paul Cook? I wonder, or if you as part of the new owners, because I feel sorry for Matt Gill. He's burnt so many bridges to come to Ipswich because he's highly thought of at Norwich and was, you know, and now he's burnt them bridges to come to us. I just wonder if he might be kept on. I know a lot of Paul Cook's coaching team stayed with Wigan when he left Lee and Richardson, all those guys. I just wonder if, I wonder how he'd put his back room together, but maybe you do need a new voice. I don't know. But I feel sorry for Matt Gill. I feel like, you know, I don't know. I feel Gilly, sorry for him a little bit. Gilly is who I would, would have given it to if Lambert had gone. Not Dyer. I'd give it to Gilly and see what see what you had with a young manager like him, and because he's got a good reputation in the game, as you say, Norwich were desperate to keep him by all accounts. Mm. So you know, mm. you you would have been better. I know he's not a club legend, but you'd have been better seeing what he could have offered than you would have been going with Dyer. But we've got, the club's that's that, that's gone now for the time being. He but coached suddenly, up at 40... he coached up at Tranmere, didn't he? He was a coach yeah. at Tranmere, and of course, Cooks from Liverpool. I wonder if they 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 know mutual people. I don't know, but. Suddenly, though, my points total, my points prediction doesn't seem so far-fetched, does it? You, we're finishing on 85 points with your 49. <laughs> yeah, that but was suddenly, really But well, <laughs> hang on. If you if we had the points return anywhere near what you two are suggesting, no, no, it's not. No, it's not. Well, well, where did yours go up to then? Was that for the end of the season? Yeah. Uh, yes, was. I think what it was. What was it? Well, how many points was it? 49 or something ridiculous? 49 points from when we did the show. We're on 85. 85, Matt, we're finishing on. I think me, me, you and Phil, we were about 69, 70. Yeah, you lot were boring old pessimistic fools. It's like, oh, we're going to finish 12th. Long way to you go. Were just, you were just doing all you, Joe. I'm going to do the opposite to them, so. I was providing <laughs> colour to a show, my friend. Right, my <laughs> point total for these running games. Richard Town, so we're going to step up at least once, probably Wigan away, because that's how we roll. Um, <laughs> Stanley will we'll, we'll, we'll get a result. Jenningham will get a result, so that's six. Lincoln will get a point, so that's seven. Plymouth, a result, so that's uh, ten. Eight, ten, thank you very much. I was a finance manager, would believe. Um, Fleetwood and Portsmouth give us six points there. Sixteen, yes, yeah, so sixteen, seventeen points. I think. Yeah, I think. Why not? Why we're, not? We're all feeling optimistic. Well, me and Richard are feeling far more optimistic now, as we alluded to at the front of the show. Now we've got as, long as, Norwood stays, as long as Norwood stays fit. This God, is God. Yes, if you end up with drilling in March, forget about it. Pack up and go on. <laughs> <laughs> Don't even bother. I think I might yeah. cancel the ticket shows because the drilling's up front. There's no point even doing it. Um, but if that, if those results come in, guys, April suddenly looks a really good month and we could be laughing. Um, we've got mm-hmm. Irv, the referee, joining us. Irv, wow, Irv, where are you, where are you joining us from, Irv? Oh, I can't hear Irv. Irv, you're on mute. You're on mute, Irv. You're on mute. Are you on mute? Are you on mute? You're on mute. <laughs> Irv, what are you doing? Can't hear yeah. you, Irv. Is that Miami Heat? Where are you calling us from? Oh, Irv. This is like Miami, isn't it, in the backdrop? It does, yeah. <laughs> it does. We'll try again. Irv? No. Oh, well. Hopefully get one again what? soon, then. When is, um, when is uh, Hawkins back, anyway? I'll forget. No, 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 no. Take, take, take your time. Don't rush it. Well, it's so I'm only thinking that with Paul Cook... I don't think Paul Cook signed it for Portsmouth, did he? But he plays for he does play four two three one. But he does, I've been told he does like to have a tall striker in that focal point, so that could actually be playing to Hawkins's hands if Norwood was to get injured. What are you saying? If Paul Cook or Lee Cook or any Cook gets put in charge, Gordon Ramsay. Have you? Hang on, say about that. He's got a new quiz show, Gordon Ramsay. It's um. 
I'm not having that. That's not very good. That bring me the wheel or the wall. I'm not having that new one. He's, he's, not, he's not the right sort of character for it. Let's be no. honest. You want to see him swearing at somebody and calling them an yeah, idiot sandwich. You don't want yeah, to see yeah. him being serious. But but um, whoever's in charge, Hawkins as the did you say focal point? Well, he was against Blackpool when we won four one. He played that central role, didn't he? I'm only using Mike Brown line here. They won despite Ollie Hawkins, not because of Ollie Hawkins. <laughs> what I'm saying is, all, all I'm actually saying is that Cook likes to have a big, a, almost like a target man. And Hawkins would, even, even though he's probably better with his feet Hawkins, than he is. Yeah, Hawkins, he's get back to the building site. <laughs> yeah. Right. Wilson. Okay. Wilson. Right. So, anyway, what, what a show yeah, today. Man. I've really enjoyed it. Um, Matt, is, oh, no. It's an hour and a half. All right, go on in. Go on then. Go on it's then. Quite what are You're right. Go on, go for it. Yeah, sorry, my mistake. Go on, Matt. It's a double go. It's a, it's a double go. So uh, I'm sure everyone has seen the, the the tweet that the young lad Lewis Reed put out about the treatment he got at the academy. And that really saddened me to read that because you know Marcus Evans is often telling us to you know leave your season ticket money into the club, invest into the academy. Um, you can pay a dividend into the academy. I think monthly, however it works. So to read that he had really bad treatment and, you know, you know, he's a young lad living away from home and they put him in the digs and everything. And no one even asked him how he was getting on, how was he coping away from home. He was struggling. And one of the kids said he was giving his dinner was lettuce and baked beans. I was like, really? Yeah, there really? was a lad called Jack, uh, Jake Alley, who was a goalkeeper. Yeah, he, was Alley, goalkeeper. Yeah. he had some bad treatment as well. I thought it was like, yeah, I just thought it was disgusting. I've got good friends of mine, actually, how was a, a one of the keepers for Colchester. And uh, they've got like one of them big townhouses. So he, he's got the top floor and I think he's loving life there. But this, it really saddened me to read this because, you know, we had Frank come on and said when he arrived late at Portman Road to, you know, for his trial, he went and stayed at Bobby Robson's house. I mean, it just is more disconnect under the Evans era. It really saddened me, especially when we're told to invest into the academy. I and mean, then that, that's the, the culture there. I don't like that. I don't think, Matt, this is just an Ipswich Town problem, you know, because um, you've only got to look at Jeremy Whiston, the, the young lad at Man City, he was let go by them. He committed yes. suicide, sadly. And it's just, it's like, yes. I, I, I've messaged Lewis and he messaged me. I think he's, we're going to get him on here. He said, my, so, yeah. aim, my aim to help make change when it comes to the aftercare at football academies is I don't want anyone else to go through something similar to what I did during and after he was released. You know, he's 300 miles away from home, comes from Swansea. So, it's look, I think all young kids, they see football, don't they? Premier League football. It's, they see yeah. it's a, a glamorous career, and it isn't. You know, we all know what's the percentage that actually makes it to a first-team football, and not very often. But it's, like he said, he went to Colchester. He was, he was injured at town, scored a hat-trick for the under-18s, played against them. He went there on trial. He was doing really well. And then obviously the pandemic come, so they didn't sign him. And he didn't even they didn't even let him know. He had no contact from the club, Ipswich, telling him that he'd been released. And it's it's mental health a lot of it now, isn't it, in football? Yeah. And you, you have yeah, to look after these home. young kids because they, they've got dreams and they're thinking, Yeah, I'm gonna make it a professional footballer. That's it, zero. What happens after that is what what we want to know. And they, like, um, I feel like Daryl made a very good point on the show the other night, the Friday show. I mean, you look at Barcelona, they've got La Masia, which is where all the kids stay, which is just adjacent. If you've been to New Camp, you can see it adjacent to the stadium. That'd be great if when they come in, you know, the new ownership comes in or something, they could have some kind of residency for these kids. Because I do feel like Diggs 
it's like it's sort of more of a 60s, 70s kind of thing, isn't it? You know, you, you're palmed off into a family in the town. It'd be nice if they, you know, if we're actually serious about producing academy players, mm. if we actually give them a facility that they feel at home in. But, I mean, I was reading, seeing this story actually reminded me of Gary Neville's biography, Red, some of you might have read it, where even like the second year apprentices would like cause absolute havoc for the kids that were coming through, like the class of 92. Like they would get attacked with wire wool brushes, thrown in the tumble dryer, smacked with a ball wrapped in a wet towel, was, held down on a massage table and given a dead arm until Brian Kidd. I went to an evening. When Kieran Dyer had his book out, I went for a, to an evening at the club. Um, yeah, J- Jermaine Jenis was there. And he was saying when he was at town and he didn't say who it was, this is when the youngsters had to go in the dressing room and clear up the kit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And a, a player, they used to wear a slip, didn't they? You know, jock strap. Someone yeah, had yeah. taken shit in that and left it on the dressing room floor for him to pick up. That's terrible. It's, it's awesome. amazing, isn't it? I mean, it's it's, it's just, big in America. It's big in... Amazing, sort of amazing. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's what they call it. There, in was, a huge, there, was, there was a huge thing in America with a player called Richie Incognito. Um, and another player, and who that this player left the, the sport of American football, I think, due to it. I can't quite remember it, so my, my memory is hazy on this subject, but yeah, it was it was something, something that's hazing, it's, yeah. it's bullying, it's different bits culture. and pieces. Yeah, and this, um, this, was this was happening to the I mean, see, I don't, I don't agree with that. These lads and parents should know the score. Well, why, yeah, well, you would, why would you assume that's going to happen? <laughs> a lot of times, the parents are, are, are hundreds of miles away. They've sent, yeah. as I think this article said, there was there was kids from Ireland, France, and different countries. Like you send your child away, and you expect some, a level of care. And I was really upset yeah. to read it for for him, the player, but also because of my football club. And I think I always thought my football club was getting that side of it right with the safeguarding yeah. officers and with Brian Clue yeah. as their overseer of it all and. I really felt if one thing about my football club that I could pin my hat on, it was yeah. that to read it. Yeah. really sort of really shot the rug away from your feet, and you you were shot. But as Rich says, you know, as Rich says there, and we just went through that Gary Neville stuff. You know, that happened to the class of '92. That kind of like hazing thing. They only stopped when Brian Kidd, who was Fergie's assistant, found out about it, called him one to the room and told him to stop it. Um, but yeah, it must go. You know, goes on everywhere. I was watching this morning. I sent it to you on the group when he was doing that interview. I think it was on the um, the Joe the Twitter feed, and he was saying when he he was on about Jeremy Whiston who committed suicide, mm-hmm. and he said he was driving yeah. over the Orwell Bridge, and it came into his head. And you're yeah. thinking that's very it's worrying really when when you hear yeah. a young kid of 18 saying that. Okay. Sad, isn't it? It's really it's sad. Really it's sad. sad. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. Hour and 38 minutes. What a sh- good show, Kate. Right at the start. Investment dreams. Another six, another, another three points. Beautiful sunshine, beautiful sunshine in Essex as well, Matt. It's almost feeling like spring, isn't it, Matt? It's looking very spring-like. Not a cloud in the sky. A few little sky, a few little clouds over there. But you know what I'm thinking? It could be a bit of snow in the air tomorrow. No, but it could be an everlasting. I'm sorry, I got itchy finger. <laughs> <laughs> Say it again. There could be an avalanche in them there hills in March.